Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Uni Money podcast where we are making money conversations simple. Uh this is your host Nitin Shishkumar and Shweta Jain. And today we are going to be talking about the debt markets or the fixed income markets. Uh the markets where investment is supposed to be boring, the markets where you're supposed to receive a steady state rate of return without worrying too much. but it's also a market which has seen excitement almost as much as equity markets have in the past couple of months so let's talk all things debt markets today shweta so i i like you started with you know that it's supposed to be boring but it isn't in fact it's been the opposite of boring these last few months and uh, i think something that everybody is confused about now saying what is happening uh is it safe is it trustworthy and i think these are questions that we should uh, be answering in our conversation today absolutely okay so uh, tell me what's been happening in the debt market because there's just so much happening uh, right uh, whether it is uh, what happened with the individual schemes whether what's happening with the sector whether what's happening with rbi coming into play whether it's what with what sebi is talking about and what uh, individual fund houses are doing with their schemes so there's just so much happening okay so i'm just going to start off with like because i have so many questions i have just so many questions on this um, so there are various segments in debt right so we right. have short term we have liquid we have overnight uh, we have gsec um each one uh, with their own sort of timelines risk factors return expectations but when uh, something like this happens when you know the market is going into panic uh, when businesses that are b- money is being lent to by mutual funds are taking moratorium on interest or are unable to pay back what happens in the market as such we'll get into individual schemes and fund houses but what happens in the market okay shweta so everyone knows that equity markets goes you know they go through a lot of ups and downs and they're what we call very volatile when you know situations yeah. or when there is uncertainty in the market but a lot of people don't know that there's a lot of risk that lies behind the door in in the debt markets as well and in fact mm-hmm. and we'd mentioned this in one of the um, you know articles we were quoted in in march when this entire thing started is that we actually feared Uh, a little bit more about what was happening in the debt markets rather than the equity markets because we always knew that the equity markets will go through these ups and downs but one of the worries that we had in the debt markets was that in case of a lockdown in case of people losing their jobs in case of companies not being able to uh, you know generate enough revenues will they actually be you spoke about the moratorium right so will pe- will companies be actually able to pay back some of the dues that they have and some of the borrowings they made from banks as well as mutual funds and if that were not to happen the credit rating agencies would downgrade the credit worthiness like we have our civil scores all the companies mm-hmm. have you know rating ratings given to them by rating agencies so there would have been a yeah. situation or we we feared a situation where there could be a downgrade of these companies in case they fail to honor some of their payments to mutual funds which in turn affects the returns in a mutual fund in a debt mutual fund right so that was the actual worry that we had at the uh, you know in march but little did we expect that um the it would actually result in an entire freeze in activity in the bond markets actually there was actually a period in india where government securities which is the most highly liquid and the safest asset 
to invest in, mm-hmm. uh, it mm-hmm. actually did not see any activity on a particular day for 30 minutes, which is not ever happened before. So people were not mm-hmm. just staying away from the equity markets. Usually what happens is when they uh, you know, have uncertainty in equities, they move to either gold, they move to debt, or they sit with cash in their bank account. But right. the first option is to move into debt. But in this case, people were even hesitant to move into debt because of all these reasons. Uh, and we thought this would die down as, you know, governments took action and there were fiscal stimulus responses and the RBI and Federal Reserve across the globe as, and central banks took action and they pumped liquidity into the market. We felt that this, this situation would change. But the panic that set into the market and the situation has changed drastically, especially in a market like the US. But in the market like India, from what I hear from fund managers, liquidity in the system or activity in the bond markets uh, has still been muted. So while government securities have seen activity pick up again, uh, but in the corporate bond market or where companies borrow money, uh, there is still muted activity that is actually happening. And what this resulted in is that for certain funds, and let's talk about you know the elephant in the room over here, which is the Franklin Templeton uh, debacle or the debt fund issue that happened where they had to actually wind down six of their funds. One of the reasons why they had to wind down six of their funds was because um, these funds were what they called managed credit funds. So they used to invest in lower rated papers. So not the really high quality triple A, double A plus rated papers, but lower rated papers such as, you know, double A minus and A, you know, the, you, when you lose the number of A's in your rating, you know that it's slightly lower rated. So they used to invest in these kind of papers and the liquidity in the, imagine a situation where the liquidity had completely dried up even in government bonds. You can imagine the situation in uh, these lower rated bonds. So when there was panic in the market, a lot of people wanted to withdraw their money. And when they were withdrawing their money, Franklin Templeton couldn't really meet the redemption requests that were coming in uh, by selling securities in the market because they were not able to sell securities in the market. So the only option they were actually left with was actually winding up these six credit-oriented schemes. Right? So that further resulted in a bit of a cascading effect uh, in the markets. Um, and the credit risk category, so there's a separate category that SEBI had called the credit risk category. And AUMs in, 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 the, in this category for a lot of funds fell by over 50-60% in the past three months since the end of Feb. And since the entire FT issue happened on the 23rd of April, um, many of them still fell by 30%, 40%. And even a fund house such as IDFC, which is known to be one of the fund houses that don't take any credit risk. And if you actually look at their credit risk portfolio as well, you will find the portfolio made up of companies whose names that you will be aware of. Even right. a, a fund house like that, which had in their credit risk fund over 50% of their allocation towards play rated securities as of April end, even they saw redemption pressures of over 50%. So they lost 50% of their AUM. Right? So this, this resulted in a lot of panic uh, in, the, in the debt environment as well, because people were unsure that if Templeton weren't able to meet um, their redemption requests, why would anyone else be able to meet? So, right? so it's, it's understandable that there was such a widespread panic. Uh, but I think the other reason why we uh, also were quite wary was less to do with the redemptions because we did believe that the RBI would intervene. But if someone who's investing in the debt markets or in a debt mutual fund were to turn to us and ask, is my return as guaranteed as it's going to be in this environment, like a fixed deposit? The answer would have to be no, 
and that is what i spoke about at the very beginning where if companies are not able to meet their obligations to debt mutual funds they would get downgraded uh, and they would lose some of their uh, rating quality uh, by the credit rating agency and yeah. that would have a negative impact on a uh, on the returns from a debt mutual fund so even though they might be in a position to repay in the short term if there is a downgrade of a rating an investor in a debt fund might still be wondering looking back and wondering how did i lose some money or how did i only make this much money in a debt fund right so all of those dynamics are at play here today i know i've given a very long answer to your short question but i i hope i covered some of the points and preempted some of your questions as well yes absolutely because uh, what happened with franklin dentan actually uh, caused a lot of um, a trust deficit in the industry so uh, people who have absolutely no investments in mutual funds forget ft are uh, started asking me if you know uh, they can trust mutual funds uh, and uh, that you know or make statements like we always need mutual funds we're not safe which is why we didn't invest and you know these are things where we have to be really careful about uh, when we're doing things like this and i'm sure frankly templeton has thought about it and i'm sure Uh, sebi has uh, sort of uh, encountered these but when an investor is uh, you know one of the things that we talk about mutual funds is that you have liquidity any time right you can withdraw your money any time whether it's a debt fund whether it's a, a, an equity fund if it's an open ended fund you can get your money back any time and this was no question before but now after franklin templeton uh, shut its schemes and said you know you can't withdraw that was one question that everybody would ask saying then uh, my money is stuck you know this is something that wasn't a part of the deal so that caused a huge trust deficit and i think that is what uh, is more than anything else because the volatility returns a little bit uh, plus minus these are things that people can take and investors don't mind when you're coming in with you know your eyes open you don't mind some of these things but when you are told that you can't touch your money this is something that uh, is not okay in fact uh, uh, when i'm talking about franklin templeton i have this question for you right they also opened the voting process uh, according to the regulation that they were supposed to and then um, uh, due to a case that was filed against them by an investor uh, this couldn't go ahead but the communication never went out to uh, investors after the case saying voting is cancelled so again there is a little bit of communication deficit as well uh, which again uh, translates to trust deficit because again like i said this is not just frankly temperate investors but everybody else who is looking at this who is reading newspapers and seeing you know uh, you know what i always thought mutual funds were not safe and trustworthy absolutely So is in there fact, a question is there a question other, in there Shweta? Yeah 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 so so my question is coming now yes so in fact uh, some of the other news that i've been reading and in fact it's not new to us at least i'm sure it's more in the news now than before uh, was that you know uh, these uh, schemes interchange holdings right uh, and that has been in the news uh, also saying you know um, this scheme has transferred whatever percentage or whatever uh, names um, Uh, to other schemes and you know uh, allegations like that and of course these are legit and these are allowed but then what is the impact uh, on investors in the scheme where this is now moved to because in, uh, investors in the other scheme of course got their liquidity uh, which is why i assume uh, they would have changed in the first place but what happens to uh, the other scheme investors 
did they uh, get what they signed up for? Or are they getting something else that they're not aware of now? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the, the trust deficit as well. And I don't deny that um, at all because there has been a lot of or the lack of communication or the lack of simple and clear communication. And that has been just uh, highlighted to a great extent by what has happened with Frank and Templeton. But fund houses, let, let me be very honest, and there's a very candid admission that they've never been the best at um, communicating a lot of things uh, anyway. And this is not a very recent phenomenon as well. Right. So this stress, this trust deficit is something which has probably been in the works. Like you said, people, you know, say that um, I've always known this about mutual funds. In fact, the hashtag of mutual funds Sahi hai, uh, has now on Twitter changed to mutual funds Sahi, uh, Sahi Nahi. Hai, right. So I think there's a lot of angst among mm. investors and that's bound to happen when something like this happens, because like you said, liquidity is first and foremost in a mutual fund, which is why there was a time a couple of months ago when that entire market crash started happening in equities, people wanted to shut down the equity markets. But there was the other camp which said you can't do that because this is what reflects what is happening today and it provides liquidity. Uh, and you would assume that the debt markets should be providing more liquidity. And I think that is where, and I don't want to use the word unprecedented because it's been overused so much. But like I spoke, said earlier, that complete freeze in the markets led to them having to you know, kind of shutter their funds because there was no alternative at that point in time. With regard to the voting process and winding up of the schemes, again, with the regulations, there's this gray area which says, and people have been debating saying that before winding up, they should have a voting process. And that is how it should be. But there's the other yeah. argument that, yeah. uh, you know, uh, no, the, uh, the, the regulation does not explicitly stay, state that. Uh, but if you're actually going by the option of should they have taken permission, there was no opportunity for them to take permission also because of the amount of redemptions they were facing. Like I said, credit risk funds, even high quality credit risk funds for that matter, have been have seen their AUM drop by 50 to 60 to 70%. Right. So uh, there wasn't any option for them to take the call. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, like you said, they, have, they would have had to do it in consultation with SEBI or other regulatory authorities before they took such a drastic call. But that trust defi deficit is going to take time to um, actually be, I don't think it's going to come back into the trust surplus, but to kind of you know, go back to how things were, it's going to take some time for that to happen. And like you said, there have been interchange um, of or changing of securities or inter-scheme transfers that have been happening within mutual funds as well in order to meet some of these redemption requests. And like you said, this is, these are things which have been happening before, but today it's been highlighted because of the issues uh, that have happened and because of the Templeton issue. Uh, your question was, are you know investors in the other funds getting a raw deal if th these are being moved to those um, portfolios? Not really. Yeah. Because, you know, these are things which always used to happen is just getting highlighted today. So they're not really getting a raw deal unless the fund house is going against the mandate. So if the fund house's mandate is to do something and they're, you know, abiding by that, then they're not getting a raw deal. Uh, but if, um, you know, they're doing it completely against the, the objective of the scheme, then that's something that the regulator will ha really have to pull up their socks and look into and say, hey, listen, this happened and we can't allow this to happen. Uh, which I don't think is the case uh, in right. the markets today. So it's not something that we have to be overly uh, worried about. That being said, you do have to look at your portfolios and see what has been happening and whether you're comfortable with the uh, securities in your portfolio. Now, if you're not comfortable at the end of the day, debt is to uh, allow you to sleep 
you know well at night so if you're not going to be comfortable with your debt fund holdings you would rather not be invested uh, and have to worry about your debt investments as well uh, why do people invest in debt mutual funds over fixed deposits for two reasons uh, one is a higher returns and one is a tax efficiency which again leads to higher returns now everyone knows that in order to kind of make that higher return it comes with that slightly higher risk as well uh, so either you have to learn to live with that risk uh, and understand the dynamics of that risk when you're investing uh, or else do not invest in debt mutual funds at all and just invest in equity mutual funds which i don't think is the right option because because of the tax efficiency and everything else um provided that you are doing your portfolio allocation and you're diversifying among funds um you are still not in a position where you have to uh, really worry and panic about whether the future of the debt market is dead or not so it, i i do think it is a temporary blip uh, but by temporary i mean that uh, it could be slightly longer lasting than what a lot of people imagine and that trust deficit will take time to come back to kind of a break even of trust so in the meanwhile are we looking at more flows into government security funds yes and and to me that's a little worrying because um the last one year so we spoke about the dynamics of and the risks of uh, debt funds in an earlier episode and the taxation as well uh, but one of the things that happens in a government security fund is that um it has high volatility uh, because it's highly liquid and other dynamics of interest rates that come into play over here uh, it is highly volatile so you are actually if you look at the last one year returns from gilt funds in india uh, you are looking at returns anywhere between 15 to 17% which is again very tempting for someone who's looking at wow. the past returns and then believe that okay this is a government security so it is safe and then investing in this right so there yes. has been a significant inflow yeah. into uh, you know these gilt funds or gsec funds um in um in the past few months in fact uh, in april they saw inflows which was the highest in the previous 6 months right so uh, people are moving to that um not just for safety i think but they're also chasing the returns and what i do want to point out is that in case the interest rates uh, for some reason go back upwards um and i'm not saying that it will but in case it happens and interest rates go back upwards uh, today you'll be looking at negative returns even from gsec funds if that happens if you are investing today right so that is something that people have to be aware of and i would recommend that they tune into our episode on debt funds in order to understand the dynamics of this interest rate risk uh, a little better okay so what should people who are looking at debt funds do now should they stay investors should they get out should they invest what should they do like i said shweta uh, you need to have a look at your portfolio uh, if you are invested and if you are a direct investor and you don't have anyone else to speak to look at the portfolios that you are invested in uh, if you see the names of companies or the portfolio is majorly made up of companies that uh, are known to you and let's say that the triple a rating stands or an a1 a1 plus rating stands um that is one tick mark the other thing that you should look at is what is the assets under management of the aum of that particular scheme if it is a very small scheme i would suggest that you uh, look for a scheme which has a higher aum uh, when we look at debt funds we prefer debt funds which have a minimum aum of at least 5000 crores so that could be a starting point for you Uh, right. so look for an uh, a debt fund which has yeah. a higher aum try and again twitter people are active uh, post your questions on twitter 
write into you know someone that you know to an advisor uh, and also kind of figure out whether uh, who are the investors in this particular scheme uh, are they primarily retail investors like you and me or are they driven by the flows of large investors because large investors can be very volatile in their nature as well they can enter at will and you know as per their whims and fancies they might exit as well and that might put pre- further pressure on the fund manager and your scheme so make sure that you're looking at a fund where the portfolio is primarily made up of securities that you understand uh look at a larger fund or uh, stick to the larger fund houses uh, you know it's important to play it safe in this environment Two three years later, the market might change again, and people might be willing to take more risk. But at least today, my recommendation is that you don't go chasing risk in debt. If you do want to take uh, take risk and chase Absolutely. that risk, look at the equity markets. But don't do that in in debt mutual funds. Super. So I hope I have answered your questions on the Shweta. And I hope we have answered some of the questions. Yes, that... absolutely. Anything else you would like to add? I think we have covered it all. I think we have spoken about the the downgrades. We have spoken about uh, GSEX. We have spoken about credit risk. Uh, we have spoken about the Templeton issue. We have spoken about the need to not panic, and we have also just kind yes. of given a small checklist of things that people should be looking at uh, when they're investing, right? Uh, so I don't think it calls if if some of these things are ticked out. Uh, I don't see the need for people to hugely panic because at the end of the day uh, if you are looking at an alternative to fixed deposits we have seen instances where even uh, banks are failing right so do not park all your money in one basket yeah. um make sure that you understand your liquidity requirements make sure you understand why you're investing so that you can bucket your investments in uh, even a bank deposit in debt mutual funds even in debt mutual funds i would say stick to short duration high quality fund so if you just want to park your money in overnight fund uh, otherwise look at a money market fund or a liquid fund uh, don't go chasing yields today in a credit risk fund right so i think we have covered it all shweta and i think hopefully we have answered questions but like always uh, we are happy to you know um, explain further so if you do have any questions do write into learn@theunimoney.com and we'll be happy to get back to you All right, Shweta. Any anything more, or we shall wind up this episode? Super. Yes, we can wind up this episode now. All right. So thanks everyone for tuning in today. Hope it's been helpful and we have learned a few things. Uh, like I said, if you do have any questions, do write into learn at theunimoney dot com and uh, we can speak. Thank you again, and until next time, bye bye.